helping people who are so anxious because they've seen so much sexual material and they feel like everything is a tick box that they have to go and do. So when things in your day-to-day, everyday life are being impacted by your pleasure-seeking, they might do things that don't pass the sunlight test. You know, if you sleep on it, you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, maybe... We want to be having as much pleasure in our lives as possible, but when do you think that borders on too much? Comparing yourself to other people is never helpful in the sex department. And I am joined in the studio by Tanya Coons. Hello, Tanya. Hey, Courtney. How are you today? I'm well, and I'm really excited to be here for this segment. It feels um, pretty special, actually. Today, we're talking all things um, sex. And in in particular, we're talking about how much sex is too much sex. Mm. Um, So here at Let's Talk About Sex, we're all about advocating for positive self-expression. Can you run us through what you would define as a positive sexual expression? Yeah, that's that's it's a good question because I think a lot of people interpret it interpret things like sex positivity as lots and lots of sex. Mm. But I think a positive sexual expression is anything that allows a person to be true to their own sexuality, right? Yeah. So for some folks, this can be reclaiming it can be reclaiming the word slut and having lots of sex and sexual partners and good on them. Yeah. But for other people it might be, you know what, I want to wait until I'm married or in a committed relationship. So there are so many different ways that people can positively express their sexuality. I think, for yeah, the thing that makes it positive for me is that it doesn't include judgment or shaming of other people. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, uh, Sometimes we do see the media portraying owning your sexuality as having a lot of sex, but it seems like that's not always the case. What yeah. do you think? I think that that's one type of way of being sexual. But there's, you know, there are folks that are getting along and quietly doing lots of things that they don't feel they need to broadcast, but they don't feel like they need to apologise for themselves either. Um, I think for people, if you're owning your sexuality, it can be the way that you present. You know, some people like to present to the world the way they clothes, the way they dress, whether they're covered, revealed, sexy or sultry or mm. asexual yeah. or dapper, all sorts of things. Yeah. Their hair, they could have piercings, they could have tattoos. All that sort of stuff is people sort of putting stuff out there. So people do read each other, I mm-hmm. think, for sexuality, and we have to be careful of that too. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded I've had quite a few clients come and see me lately in a bit of anguish. They have had same-sex partners who are transitioning, mm-hmm. and they're quite concerned about being read as straight, and they don't want that. Right. right? So it's really interesting how people would like to be perceived in the world and then how other people are perceiving them. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. But for some people, owning their sexuality can be going out and doing some stuff, you know, trying things that they're into, like maybe exploring kink or exploring swinging or different types of sexual activities or even the type of people that they're attracted to. Mm-hmm. And for others, it can be not doing it at all, you know, waiting till you're married or, or people who are volcel or people who choose to be celibate lifelong or asexuality there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways yeah it sounds like it um it sounds like there's no um specific way it's very open and yeah what works for you is yeah and then yeah. that seems to me to be a positive thing we yeah. can't really be running around shaming other people's choices or no. activities or the way that they like to be sexy or sexual you know if it's if, if people do things that you don't like well that's great you don't have to do that exactly and I think too allowing 
yourself and others move through different phases of their expression as well. Yeah. Has to, it's not a fixed thing, I don't think. I think you're right. And I, I hear lots of people who get into something and they, they become very excited about it. Lots of people who get into the kink community are suddenly like, eh, I found this thing and I really like it and I want to talk to everybody about it and it, and it becomes a bit of their identity. Mm. And then after a while that kind of calms down, you know, and it just sort of gets folded into what I call the cake batter of life. Yeah, you know, I love that. <laughs> Kind of a thing that they do, and but it's not necessarily worn right out there, you know. Yeah. And again, within communities or within types of activities, some people will be very vocal and be like, "This is me," and it's a huge part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And for other people, like, "Oh yeah, I, I do that," um, but it's it's not something they feel the need to discuss with all and sundry. Yeah, it's not as public. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's okay. Exactly, <laughs> cool. Alrighty, well, I'm gonna play a song now, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about how can you know if you're having enough sex so stick around for that this one here is die 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 by casual oh sorry it's by die 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 and it's called (laughs) casualties of decades you're on fbi (laughs) 94.5 casualties of decades by die 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 my name's courtney ammenhauser you're tuned in to fbi radio 94.5 and and right now we're talking about sex. That's right. I am joined by Tanya Coons. And I want to ask you, how can you know if you are having enough sex? Oh, Courtney, I love this question. So many people come and see me and they tell me they're not having enough sex. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sort of like, okay, well, let's let's ask a few questions to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to ask them a few questions and I want them to answer each question twice. Mm-hmm. Once for if they we're living in an ideal world, which is, you know, a good day, week, month or year where we're not getting too tired, overworked, having dramas, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. We're not living in a porn film either. We're mm-hmm. just having a normal time. Yep. Uh, uh, and then once in a good enough world, which is I need this to survive. Right. So in terms of how much sex would you like to be having, you know, ideally there are a lot of people who'd like to be having sex three times a day, mm-hmm. but, you know, that can be really difficult to get into their routine. Yeah. Uh, they have to go to work. Uh, maybe they don't live with their partner. Maybe they've got children or a whole bunch of things. Yeah, lots of factors. Yeah. And then the, how much, you know, is for, for good enough is going to show us what the stretch is between between the two, right? So if you want to have sex three times a day but actually once a week's good, there's a good stretch there. Right, right? And you okay. can see how you can negotiate. Yeah. But if you only say to your partner, I want to have sex three times a day, three times a day, three times a day, three times a day, and your partner can't or doesn't want to, mm. that's going to cause a lot of stress. Yeah. Right? And, and then there are other people who are like, well, we're not having much sex at all. We're having sex maybe once a month or... Um, I had a couple come in and say, we're, well, we're, we have a serious problem. We're not having enough sex. I'm like, okay, um, how often are you having sex? And they said once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, who wants to have more sex than the other person? You know? Yeah. And they looked at each other and they looked at me and they said, well, no, well, we're both happy with that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, well, what are we going to talk about for the rest of your hour? You yeah. Know? Like that's... if that's your your where you want to be. Mm. But they were concerned because other people were having yeah. more sex than them. I was just going to say it's interesting what people are measuring this against. Yeah. yeah. And I think we live in this world now where sex just comes at us from every angle. It's mm. on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's in the media. It's, it's on the radio. Well, here we are chatting about it. <laughs> It's everywhere and people think that they should. And, you know, I really don't like the word should because it really 
enforces, I think, people's belief of what other people are expecting of them. Yeah. Rather than what they want to do. Yeah. And what they can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we do have problems where life's getting in the way of how we'd like to run our sex life. You might not be in the same part of the world as your partner or yeah. you might be having a busy work week you might not be able to connect one of you might be sick you know there's there's lots of reasons and things that get in the way yeah it's how you talk about it and how you communicate with and your how partner. you communicate it but comparing yourself to other people is never helpful in the sex department mm-hmm. because we're all different and what other people like or can get up to may be really different to what's okay for you yeah and it's going to cause you stress if you start comparing to people who are not like you. Yeah. And if something is, if you're happy with something like this couple, then that yeah. should be okay. Yeah. We had a lovely yeah. chat about what worked for them and, you Great. know, how do they get to that frequency? And they, they just came away feeling so much better. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I and love one that. of my supervisors said to me, you know, Tanya, I've been in the game for 40 years. And when I started out, you know, I think she started out in the 70s, people didn't know enough about sex. So her job was educating. Mm. And today, a lot of our job is about helping people who are so anxious because they've seen so much sexual material and they feel like everything is a tick box that they have to go and do Mm. and there's a rise in my clientele of young men whose mums book them in because they're having problems with erections or anxiety around sex because they've watched a lot of porn and they feel like they have to perform like the guys in the porn Wow! Um, and they don't at all and actually their partners don't want them to perform like the guys in the porn because we forget that porn is visual entertainment Mm -hmm. it's not sex education and that's not what real sex is like yeah um i also wanted to chat to you about um pleasure more specifically (laughs) so we want to be having as much pleasure in our lives as possible but when do you think that borders on too much on too much uh, and we're talking sexual pleasure yeah, yeah. sexual pleasure yeah I, I think it becomes too much if it's interfering with your ability to run your life and and by that I mean things like conduct your relationship going to work mm-hmm. if you're studying whether you're unable to meet family obligations or commitments it could affect your health yeah, yeah. Um, I was having a bit of think about this question before I came in and I know that it's estimated around 9% of the population in the US have an internet porn addiction. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's that's high, I think. Mm. And a lot of these folks will be impacted by all of the things that I've mentioned above there because they stay up all night and they're hiding their masturbation habits. Yeah. Right? So you stay up all night, you lose sleep. That's definitely going to impact on your work performance. It's going to impact on your relationship if you have a partner because mm. often these people are choosing to spend time on their own on the internet and not interact with their partner for right. myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, so when things in your day-to-day, everyday life are being impacted by your pleasure-seeking, because I think other people do risky things like um, can't control an impulse or really want to have different sexual desires met. So they might go outside of a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. They may visit paid professionals, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as everyone's around all of that. Mm-hmm. So their partner may or may not agree with that. Yeah. Um, so they're going to, they might do things that what I call don't pass the sunlight test. You know, if you sleep on it, you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't such a good thing. Yeah, I like that as a little testing yeah. <laughs> measure. Yeah. Um, so on the flip side, do you think you can have 
well, can you have too much sex when you're in a relationship? Yeah, well, again, it's what is too much. So if it's interfering with things, or maybe, you know, a lot of people use sex to connect instead of communicating. So it's like, oh, we've had a fight. Let me just jump on top of you and everything should be good. Yeah, right. But uh, maybe we need to talk about a few things as well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, as I was just saying, perhaps sex is being had outside of the relationship. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there's, well, often there's a higher libido partner, right? And in many cases, this can be negotiated by using those two questions, ideal world and good enough and having a chat because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, I had uh, one couple come and see me and, and he wanted to have sex every day and she was like finding that a lot of pressure and she was taking a sip of water as he answered the good enough question. I said, how much sex would be good enough for you? And he said once a week and she sprayed the water all <laughs> over the room and went, really, once a week? And he went, yes, I'm working on the ratios. <laughs> so he thought if he asked every day, he would um, be able to get the sex that he wanted, but it caused a lot of stress between the two of them. Right. right? So it's how you negotiate. And there are some people, there's a lot of people who have a a sexual personality type that actually use sex for relief uh, and for stress relief and for validation. Yeah. So if you say no to these people, they take it very personally. It's not like, okay, well, I'll ask again tomorrow or another day. They're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Do you not find me sexy? Are we breaking up? What's happening here? Mm. Can't you understand that I need sex? Yeah. And that can become really difficult because it's catastrophizing and then the sex becomes all about one partner's needs or anxiety or rejection. And depending on the power dynamic in the relationship, there's often a lot of sex that's tolerated rather than desired. And that, I don't advocate for that at mm, all. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all very interesting. <laughs> I'm learning so much. And um, we're going to play another song. We're going to hear this one from Glow. It's called Self Love. But when we come back, we're going to talk about things to look out for that um, when when you might be teetering towards unhealthy habits mm. and how you can kind of manage that. But this is Glow with Self Love. You're on FBI 94.5. Glow with self-love on FBI Radio 94.5. My name is Courtney Ammenhauser and I'm joined by Tanya Coons on Let's Talk About Sex. Today we're talking about how much sex is too much sex. And right now I wanted to ask you, in a world where sexual experiences are seemingly always at our fingertips, what should we look out for that might suggest that our sexual behaviour might be veering into unhealthy territory? Mm, that's another really good question because mm. we don't stop and think, really, do we? Yeah. So I think asking ourselves, hmm, why am I seeking out sex right now? Is mm-hmm. it for pleasure? That's okay. Is it for validation? Be aware of it if you're doing it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, is it to feel better? because we're starting to veer in the not-so-healthy direction then. I'm using sex to make me feel better. Right. Is it to mask feelings? That's definitely not good. (laughs) A lot of folks have problems with impulse control, you know, so that can cause them to uh, do risky things. So Mm. is this something that I need to think about before I leap off into doing? Yeah. Um, And a lot of people choose to do more pleasurable things than sit with uncomfortable feelings. So sex is one of those. Yeah. It'd be interesting to slow things down a little and look at the intention. Yeah. Okay. And so on that, um, why why do you, so people might be using it 
instead of connecting or having a conversation. Do you think there are any other reasons why people might use sex in an unhealthy way? Yeah, I think people do it as an acting out behaviour. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know who've ended a relationship and then gone out and gone, hooray, and just gone wild? Oh. Yeah, (laughs) tonnes. Millions. We all know it. It's it's almost a socially accepted, I think, way of getting over someone is to get over someone else. It's almost like a pressure as well, I I think, from your peers in a way. Um, But sometimes people need to be quiet, you know. Or what about people who go flirting on dating apps to feel better but they don't intend to meet anyone? Mm. So there are things like that. Um, I think people who devise coping mechanisms for uncomfortable feelings, they can go to food, drugs, alcohol, gambling and sex. Yeah. So that's often labelled as addiction. But I think it's really out of control behaviour and those those can be people who are having difficulties sitting with self-regulation you know Mm -hmm. maybe willpower hasn't been their their greatest strength or their their standards are different to other people their motivation you know maybe they're um you know having difficulties sitting with uh things that are difficult yeah maybe it's their attachment style so they might have an anxious attachment style and use sex to calm their anxiety or they might have an avoidant attachment style and use sex to not connect in other ways. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. They might be sexual narcissists. Like, you know what, well, you know, they desired me so I should just go there. Right. Kind of thing. Um, Mm. And maybe not. Like, there's a should again. Yeah. So thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah. And and looking at conflict as well within people. You know, often people are not acting on what they want to um, because they're ashamed of their sexuality or what they want to do. And then they might act out um, not safely. So there's, there's a group of people that are under study called MSMs, men who have sex with men, and mm-hmm. they don't identify as gay or bisexual. Right. right. They're often living in the western suburbs in a relationship with females um, and they have a lot of conflict. So they'll just go into town one night and go to a sauna or pick up and then these people are not um, practicing safe sex or thinking about sexual health yeah. so much because they're not across it. So that's that's a kind of unhealthy behavior. What are some other unhealthy? Well, when when we're looking at you know the unhealthy behaviors, or when it turns into a habit, what's something that we yeah. could look out for? If, if there's a listener who's thinking, oh, maybe this sounds like them, or yeah. what could they yeah be looking ha- well, out have for? Have a look look at what's happening with your life. Like, are you hurting the people close to you? Yeah, right. That's a very big sign that we're not going so well. Are you not able to perform? at work or school what's Mm -hmm. happening with your health are you getting sick Uh, are you um, not being safe sexually are you tired all the time yeah are you behaving dangerously you know unsafe sex or putting yourself in dangerous situations Mm -hmm. that you're sort of like I wouldn't do this if I was feeling in control so a thing to to bear in mind is that healthy sex contains these elements consent it's not exploitative it's honest there are shared values, there's pleasure, and there is protection from STI, HIV, and unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. Right? So we always get the last one as the message for healthy sex. But the other things, consent, non-exploitivity, honesty, shared values, and pleasure are all really important parts of healthy sex. Absolutely. I was actually um, talking to my sister about um, sex education that we received when we were young uh, and how it was all about contraception and yep. um, abstinence. It's never and about pleasure and it's never yeah, about arousal systems. That's what I said. I was like, mm. it was all about contraception and STIs, nothing about consent or pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the stuff that's way more important because, mm. you know, more sex is had for pleasure than making babies, I think. I would agree. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me today, Corey. It's been a real pleasure. I'm going to uh, end on this one. This is Sampa the Great with Moana. You're on FBI 94.5.